Monday, February 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Tim Hansen, from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Chief Investment Officer, Andy Cross. Good to see you guys. Happy hey, Monday. Howdy. Hey, Chris. We all survived the Super Bowl. We're all here. Tim, you it. didn't even stay up to the end of it. You, the blackout just, you were like, whatever. Couldn't make it through. Couldn't make, <laughs> that was a tough blackout. I mean, that was a long, that was... You know, what was it? What did it turn out to be? Forty-five minutes? It was Something it was crazy. It was closing in on I think forty minutes. Uh, we will talk uh, about the business of the Super Bowl shortly, but we're going to start with uh, a story from the front page of today's Washington Post. The FCC is proposing to create a Wi-Fi network across the United States of America, so consumers could uh, use it to make phone calls and surf the internet without paying a cell phone bill every month. And uh, not surprisingly, Tim. The cell phone carriers themselves, they're not too happy about this. Shocking. Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, uh, even Qualcomm are basically, they've got their hackles up saying, no, 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 you can't do this. And on the other side, you've got Google, Microsoft, presumably Amazon and Facebook, among others, saying, we love yeah. we love this idea. What <laughs> do you make? Facebook's giving a like to this one. This is, uh, this is a, a – this coming war is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I think if you're handicapping it, you'd have to favor the Facebook, Google, Amazons of the world because because unlike the the carriers, they have a lot of cash and no debt, whereas the carriers have very little cash and lots of debt and compressing prices. And I mean, they're in a bad defensive position, you know, to to wage this war, which is one reason why they're probably so opposed to this idea. And you know. It, it's an interesting proposal by the FCC, and it's going to be interesting to see you know who comes out, who, who decides to be on what side politically, because obviously you could make the case that this is a lot of government intervention in the economy, and therefore um, you know Republicans might be against it. But on the flip side, you know by making this this spectrum just freely available, I mean it, it would spur a significant amount of private sector innovation and allow basically any small business to really innovate off of it. So, you know, politically, I think it, the, the lines and boundaries need to be determined um, and the debate will go from there. But, you know, I, my, my gut reaction is that this would be really interesting for the economy because it would, you know, I, I think those big cash-rich companies would be more than happy to make sure that people get good, fast connections on this deregulated wireless. And I think you would see you know, a lot of innovative approaches to commerce and communication happen as a result of everybody having Internet access. Yeah, I mean, I would liken that to the interstate highway system. It's a big investment, but one that improves the overall economy and creates a lot more jobs and business out of it. Uh, Andy, surely, uh, as we've talked about before, there are certain uh, business battles that go on, and if nothing else, the lawyers are the winners. I think in this case, the lobbyists are going to be, I mean, first and foremost, they're the big winners because... All of these companies we're talking about, they all have lobbyists on Capitol Hill. They're all going to be uh, making their case. But when you look at something like this, I mean, do you, do you handicap it sort of the same way that Tim Yeah. Is? I mean, the folks on K Street right now are just like ching, ching, yeah, ching, ching. Popping like, the champagne yeah. already. So there's, there's going to be so much money. It's going to be a long, drawn-out battle. Um, and uh, depending on, on, on maybe who spends the most money but also who has kind of the most um, – Political uh, goodwill, I guess, with those in in Washington, will um, have a, have the best chance of, of coming out on top. I mean, Tim's points about the cash balance sheet and the the um, financial situation for one group of, of companies versus another group of companies, I think, is 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 well regarded. But I guess the question I have is really is the like. Is this, is, is this the government's role? Is this kind of what we want our government? I mean, to Joe's point about the interstate highway, I guess that makes sense. But 
I mean, I just think this is just going to be – I mean, anytime I hear the government making this kind of um, bold claim, I mean, to kind of I mean, get it involved could be a in this bluff. space is just I mean, it could shocking. be a bluff yeah. to push you know, private companies to get a little more aggressive. But I agree that you would think there's probably room for collaboration here between – public and private enterprise. I mean, something, I mean, I think it's the case that, you know, I I think the FCC looks at, for example, our internet adoption rates in the United States, and they lag countries that that they should, we should not be lagging. Um, And that's the problem for a country that's increasingly becoming a knowledge economy predicated on on information technology, and we don't have the best internet. I mean, that's problematic. Um, That needs to be solved for. Um, You know, I I think, you know, in addition to lobbyists, the other group that's going to, that's going to be uh, excited about this are the the economic consultants who are going to figure out sort of the present value of um, you know the government presumably one option is to just sell more spectrum to the carriers right and that would be a windfall for for you know a debt laden government but on the flip yep. side obviously if you can grow GDP by an extra basis point a year for ten years the tax revenues that would result from that would be you know way more lucrative over the yeah. long run so I mean that's a debate that's going to have to play out you know. I think the government has a role to the extent that big picture, we're becoming more of a knowledge economy, more information technology based, and you know, Old Town Alexandria, Virginia doesn't have FIOS. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that, so, at some point, we've got to, those things need to be yeah, synced so, together. And I think that's the key: facilitating this in such a way that that the long term picture is really beneficial for consumers and for American business, and 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 really for for as Tim said to continue to progress as a knowledge economy rather than we don't really we although it's shifting a little bit we don't make a ton of stuff anymore not like we used to although we have seen some some um, kind of repatriation back into the company and some of the, back into the country and some of the manufacturing but we tend to be a knowledge economy so this could facilitate that I just hope the government I mean the track record in this regard may not be the best so I just hope that it's it's I mean, whether it's consultants or somebody making some wise decisions on the hill well yeah I mean there are more details that certainly need to come out about something this complex you know and and you know I I think government control of spectrum would be, generally speaking, a bad thing. Yep. But just free, deregulated spectrum, you know, have at it as long as it's not interfering with the critical channels that are out there. Yep. You know, that's where I think free enterprise really would be a winner um, under this plan. How do you think the uh, the quality issue plays out? Because uh, one of the arguments being made. Um, by the wireless carriers is like, hey, who's who's going to control? Can I, can I stop you? With I mean, that, sure. that, that, that's yeah. such horse crap, right? <laughs> because think about how bad our connections are. Like, go home and try to sign on to the internet twenty four hours a day, three hundred sixty five days a year. It doesn't happen. I mean, Comcast is down once a week. Have you tried to use an iPhone in New York City? I mean, it's, it's a complete. I mean, the quality is already the, the bar is so low that it doesn't really. Ma- you know, a that argument is kind of a non starter, but b, I mean. You know, to the extent that people will be, you know, calling, buying things, using maps, clicking on advertisements, doing all these things online, everywhere at one. I mean, I can think of five companies off the top of my head that would be more than happy to make sure everybody has a fast connection. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would suspect Google hates the fact that Comcast, you know, throttles me every once yeah. in a while. I mean, yep. it, it, it's just it's a non-starter argument. Well, that's why they're doing Google Fiber right now. It's this project out in Kansas, City, say, Kansas right? City. Yeah. And it's, I think it's partially, largely a bluff. They say it's not a bluff, but I think it's a bluff. And it's basically this project where they're selling an internet connection that's 100x what people are normally getting. And what's happening is Time Warner, you know, you look at this at Comcast and you're saying, well, we're really going to have to step it up in terms of speed and price. And so... This is just a nice little accent to that. Is anyone 
industry going to line up with the wireless carriers right now off the top of your head? Because, I mean, when, Tim, when I hear you say things like not only are Google and Microsoft and the deep pocket, you know, the Amazons of the world going to be on that side, but small business owners, um, anyone involved in entrepreneurship, presumably venture capital companies. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to think. I'm not coming up with anything, but you guys are smarter than me. Is anyone going to line up with Verizon and AT&T and say, no, 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 actually, this is a bad idea? I mean, the guys that sell them the hardware. But I agree that ultimately we would be a lot better served if we had much faster internet, and that would create a lot more opportunities and jobs. Yeah, and, and those guys, I mean, so many of the, the those legacy carriers, they have legacy costs. I mean, not just the balance sheet, but just the cost to maintain so much of those old systems they have antiquated than you know, if they're looking at what the government may do with this move is take coin out of their pocket, you know, they're, they're not going to go away, go away lightly on this one. Let's move on to the Super Bowl. Uh, if you missed it, the Baltimore Ravens won 34-31 over the San Francisco 49ers. But we, we don't really care so much about that. I picked that. that. Did you, actually, on Investor Beat last week, I you did. said take the Ravens and, and the, the points. points. Yeah. Can I just confirm if we actually have a blackout during market foolery? Do like <laughs> By the way, Andy's all our Ravens 10 listeners. Today. You know, my wife said that too, and I didn't <laughs> intend it. I didn't intend it. Just, just a happy kinda, accident. That's the way it happened. Yeah. So. But to your point, if we have a blackout during market foolery, will our panic? 10, the 20, show goes on. Yeah, listeners, the, what will happen? Will they in get, the dark? Much do my best, Jim Nance. Blank stare. Much, much like the Super Bowl. If we have a blackout during market foolery, we will go to our sideline reporter. Excellent. Um, we have also hired Steve Tasker, former yeah. pro football player. He did a bang up job last night. You we have what? a Chilean <laughs> minor backup. Mr. Special repeating things he overheard on the sideline. You know what? Hey, Joe Flacco's stretching out over here. This is some hard news reporting. <laughs> if, uh, I, I'm going to defend Steve Tasker just because, you know what, he never signed up for that. He's a former pro football player. He's not even a, he's a sideline reporter. He could never have expected something like that. But anyway, uh, let's get to some of the numbers from the game. Uh, and I'm talking about the business numbers. Uh, the average 30-second ad cost $3.8 million. Uh, as of right now, we don't have the final numbers in, but in terms of the rating uh, last night's Super Bowl had the highest ever overall uh, rating, 48.1% of households tuning in. That's slightly higher than last year. Um, and I think another winner in terms of the advertising was Twitter, because Twitter, without doing any advertising on their own, Twitter got mentioned in half of the ads on TV last night, people uh, encouraging hashtags and all that sort of thing. But uh, a lot of companies, Tim, that were doing advertising, which, which ones – I know you didn't stay up for the whole game, but which ones stand out to you as being particularly great or particularly awful? Uh, I thought I thought InBev, which is now the, the parent company that owns Budweiser, I thought InBev it, it was a big loser. And not necessarily – I mean their ad with the little horse got a lot of got a lot of plaudits and, and, and Oh, my and God. Things. I was saying – Did you I've, cheer up? Oh, I know I Andy totally said he cheered up. up. Okay, yeah. you guys are both That's sad. the fastest yeah. – that yeah. broke up's record for me. Like it took about five minutes for me to get teared up and up. But this was like zero to 60. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that montage at the beginning of up though. I mean that is a yeah. heartstring pull. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, but but uh, looking past the, the – Tiny horse ad, um, and you go to the other two InBev ads, which one was introducing the new Black Crown Lager, which their big innovation there is it's golden amber. <laughs> golden amber <laughs> beer. Have you seen it yet? And then the other one was the Beck's um, Sapphire, yep. made yeah. with German oh. Sapphire hops with the singing fish. I mean, that ad was terrible. Um, yeah. But you, you need to know the backstory about InBev here, which is that their volumes are declining. People are drinking less Budweiser. They're trying to innovate actually good-tasting beer. Their innovations are 
boring, like Golden Amber Lager, and they've just they're, they're destroying brands on this cost cutting binge that they've been on. Um, Beck's, for example, is no longer imported. They now brew it here, and they've also changed the way that they um, brew beer. They're now willing to take broken grains, in the words they used to only take whole grains. This is all written up in a fabulous Business Week article not too long ago. But I mean, Beck Sapphire, Golden Crown Lager, these aren't these aren't things that are going to turn volumes around for Budweiser. Um, I just think it showed a company that's really struggling to retain past glory. Um, obviously, the Clydesdales were emblematic of that, but the stuff they're doing in the future just seems boring. Interesting in the spirits silly. and beer world, the going to black seems to be like the new thing. Diageo's black lager, their Guinness yep. black lager, Captain Morgan's black. I mean, like, just seems to be that that's the way they're going. So, so InBev's a little late to the game. Well, they've been late to the game for a lot of things. I yeah. mean, when the, when the nicest I was reading the trade publications, and the nicest thing they had to say about the black, the sapphire backs, and the black lager was like, cool bottle. <laughs> I mean, when cool bottle is the only thing they're saying, it's yeah. like I think beer advocate gave well, like a twelve. Well, they need some wins too after the whole Modelo, you know, U.S. Well, they're, they're DOJ. I, I, that's just a, I think a very a struggling, a struggling, yeah. co- and the stock has done fabulously yeah. on all this cost cutting they've been doing. But I mean, I think this is going to be a, a business school case study of cost cutting gone too far, and eventually shareholder returns are going to decline yeah. because they've compromised the business. Yeah, ultimately, if people buy something because it's a cool bottle, eventually they're going to open that bottle yeah. and consume what's inside it. And, uh, <laughs> Joe, what about you? What what stands out in terms of winners? Well, or as losers? a general comment, farming sounds really difficult, and I don't <laughs> think I'm cut out to do that. that I, think was, I thought that was a great stocks. ad, yeah. actually. Um, it was. Because it, it hits your core demographic, yeah. it highlighted the product, and it told an interesting story in, in a really beautiful way. That was, that was, a, that was a winning yeah. ad for me. But what, but what a, was it for? Like Dodge? Dodge, Dodge pickup Ram. trucks. Dodge yeah. pickup Dodge trucks, okay. Um, I thought Best Buy, which is a company that we've uh, certainly gone over many times in yep. this podcast, but I thought Best Buy struck a good balance in terms of a, an appealing, amusing ad with Amy Poehler while also trying to hit a message that is important for Best Buy, which is, hey, our, our, we're, we're really trying to get better at customer service. Now, yeah. I don't, now, obviously, they have to follow through on that, but it actually, I thought, straddled that line pretty well, nicely. I thought I watched the game online in the first half, and they had a different set of ads, so there are a lot of Samsung ads online. I don't know what exactly made the cut on TV, but I thought the Samsung ads, you know, speaking of, like, there were a lot of cute, funny ads, like the Oreo and Dorito ads were great, but they don't really do much in terms of you know promoting the brand. I thought that the Samsung ad where they were mocking uh, Apple or iPhone buyers really connected in terms of expressing how cult-like Apple can be. And I own like eight Apple devices, so I'm not you know mocking anyone here, uh, but kind of you know tweaking that a little bit and portraying Samsung as being different and fresh. And I thought they totally connected on that. I ads as i was saying earlier um i think ads have to either have a functional connection or they have to have an emotional connection and if you find the if you get both in there that's fantastic and i think the Clydesdale ads the jeep wrangler ad the farming ad the dodge ram ad they connect on a very emotional level and yep. guys like me and joe get choked up um or you have to be very functional i think the best ad, people like me and yeah, tim, tim are unaffected i think i think uh the functional ads like best buy are very effective i think the soda stream ad was really interesting because it showed, they basically were reaching out to tell their uh, potential users that, listen, you can save a lot of um, energy and a lot of waste by using SodaStream and kind of knock off, get rid of all your um, you know plastic bottles that you use. So I think that was kind of a very interesting uh, take as well, too. But I think, I, think, I think Best Buy, I like the Oreo ad. I think they connected with the cream and cookie combination pretty nicely, and the whole whisper thing was kind of funny to me. Yeah, and the Mercedes Sympathy for the Devil ad. 
That was strong. Although, as we were talking about before we started taping, the cost that must have gone into that commercial in particular, I mean, presumably Mercedes has some deep pockets, but that was that was probably a pretty expensive ad to put together. Yeah. Um, one company we haven't mentioned, uh, which the stock has struggled over the last couple of years, and they poured a lot of money into the Super Bowl, and that's Pepsi. Uh, how do you think they're feeling about the Beyonce halftime show? I don't understand I, why you sponsor a halftime show. I mean, to the extent, I mean, it doesn't connect really emotionally or or functionally. I mean, I guess it's just brand building, but I, I think yeah. that's that's that, that's a way. I mean, obviously, Coke and Pepsi have huge marketing yeah. budgets, right? So, right. so they can afford to do some some things like that. But it's just self-aggrandizing. I don't think there's any return to it. I mean, nobody was tweeting about the Pepsi Beyonce show, right? I mean, right. I mean, Piep, they were Piep, tweeting about Beyonce, but not so I'm going to remember Beyonce. that a halftime yeah. show, <laughs> but not the Pepsi part. She came out as a winner here too because she needed it after the whole uh, you know uh, inauguration thing. So, yeah, life is life's been. I wanted yeah, the Jay Z exactly. cameo though. Was that too yeah. much to ask? I was expecting a Jay Z cameo, and and no, apparently. I mean, not. I'm I like not, I like how they big. don't overdo it. It's not too in your. Wait a very down. Wait, did you just say that <laughs> the halftime show was not no, overdue? No, no, Jay Z by they. I mean, I mean by Jay Z and Beyonce. It's kind of yeah. like uh, the the Brangelina thing, where yeah. it's like together all the time in your face and yeah. People Magazine, and you're like, no, I kind of like they have their own deals. They're both like godfathers or godmothers. In yeah, they're world. just a regular mom and pop, just like <laughs> anyone else in America. Tim Hansen, Joe Mager, Andy Cross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks Chris. Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I don't know if this makes me a pawn, but I went out and bought a Mercedes this morning, <laughs> and then I went and adopted a Clydesdale. So and you're such, and did you cry? They got you. I did. You we did, wept. Just, right that's, where they that's, want you. I nestled his head in my lap all the way. Right into your. <laughs>